The Gulls got a double dose of rain over the weekend and a much-needed victory over the Colorado Eagles. And which players might be ready to join the Anaheim Ducks? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Gulls. Hmm. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Locked On Ducks. Your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, right there. And you can follow me at StimpyJD on Twitter. The show's Twitter's at LO underscore Ducks. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. It's on YouTube. Click the bell. All that jazz. So we have a lot to get to on this Goals Thursday. And as you may have noticed, there was no episode on Wednesday. I was out of town. Well, more than out of town, out of the country. Yeah. Um, Just to get a little bit personal here, it's been kind of a long, well, really a long month or so, but a long day and a half where I was down there with family, you know, just family stuff going on. So, you know, I had to just put up an episode. I couldn't put up a video on Tuesday night or Wednesday. So, you know, it is what it is. At least the audio side is still getting their podcasts regularly, which is good. Video side, not as much. I'll try to catch up today. But it's been, it's been a rough go. And I will say that going to that goals game last night um, honestly meant the world to me. It meant the world to have everyone come out, um, getting to meet a couple of Twitter followers, finally, like Samantha, um, Samantha Potter, who's a Twitter follower, finally, after all these years, got to got to meet her. So, Sam, if you're listening or watching, it was awesome to meet you. That was so cool. Uh, Callan finally formally met. And a, lo- a lot of the great Goals fans. I mean, I've said this over and over again. If you're listening to Locked On Ducks or watching Locked On Ducks and you have not been to a Goals game yet, what are you waiting for? Last night's game was a ton of fun, and that was a big victory for San Diego. So we will get to that. But first, let's talk about the games that were. And we're going to begin with the Ontario Rain. And the the Rain are off to a hot start this season, as are the Los Angeles Kings. But they've got a stacked lineup. Well, they got a pretty stacked lineup in LA, but they got a pretty stacked lineup in Ontario too. Imagine having like some of your frontline guys like um, Taylor Ward, who's been a big surprise. For the Ontario Reign, Leas Anderson, who has been up with the Kings, Alan Quine, he's been a big surprise for the Reign as well. I liked watching his game. The two-time defending MVP, TJ Tynan, Akil Thomas, who I believe highly in, and you also have Tyler Madden and Samuel Fagimo. So you got some good talent on that Ontario Reign team. I mean, there's there's some quality guys. That's what that's what it really is. There's some quality players on that rain team. Oh, and you also have a couple of defenders who have spent some time in the National Hockey League. Tobias Bjornfoot 
And Jordan Spence. Jordan Spence, I think, was given a raw deal. But given the offseason signings, I think Jordan Spence was the odd man out. And he has been playing his ass off. He's playing like he wants to go back up to the Kings. Well, that's exactly what took place over the weekend. As Jordan Spence was one of those guys that was just stopping the San Diego goals and scoring left and right. So starting with Friday's game at Pachanga Arena, this one was really a good one all throughout. As I mentioned, the defenders did their job on both sides. And I will credit Jordan Spence for doing a good job neutralizing some of the goals forwards throughout the game. There was at least two shifts, I think middle of the game and later in the game, where I could look and say Jordan Spence had an active stick he stopped a play from developing. He had a couple of blocked shots as well. But there was plays that were starting to go on that you could see. And Spence was one of those guys, one of the better defenders in that game. On the other side, San Diego had a couple of defenders themselves that I thought were doing a tremendous job. I know Nicholas Bruyard got an apple on this game, but Bruyard did a decent enough job. Someone that I've liked a lot. Well, two guys. Austin Strand who has that tenacity on the defensive end and kind of a nasty player. Yes, the former Reign player against his old team. And Drew Hellison is starting to... He's starting to develop a higher quality defensive game right before our eyes. And Drew Hellison is someone that we do not talk a whole lot about. But I was impressed with Hellison throughout the weekend in general. So Friday's game, the bakery was closed for the majority of the game. But so was Phoenix's net. Yeah, it was Phoenix Copley versus Lukas Dostal. It was a goalie duel throughout the first 40 minutes of the game. Yes, there were a lot of shots on both sides. But there was also a lot of defensive just wizardry on both sides. At the end of the second period, shots were 31-24 to in favor of the goal. Yeah, 31-24. to It was a high octane game the pace it wasn't that there was bad defense it's that the pace was fast they were just going up and down and being super aggressive with the shots looking at the shot attempts it was definitely way higher on Friday's game than it was on Saturday's game for sure let me reassure you that but that third period Aiden Dudas Finally broke through on a weird play. And then Alan Quine wound up with the game winner for the Ontario Reign. Scoring for the goals was Rocco Grimaldi, who's been playing his butt off as well. I'll talk more about him later. Rocco Grimaldi finally got his first as a goal, but was not enough. Ontario went on to win this game 2-1. Shots were 45 to 36 in favor of the San Diego Goals. They were putting up some great shots. A lot of them from the high danger zone. But credit to Phoenix Copley for stopping 44 shots. Yes, Rocco Grimaldi got a star, but the, the two big stars of the game were the goaltenders. Look, Lukas Dostal, he just got out-dueled on this one. This game was not... It's, it's a bad loss on him. I would call that one a bad luck loss. On Dostal because he played a tremendous game. Something that was a big turning point on this game to me was the Blake McLaughlin penalty shot. 
This won't be the last time you'll hear Blake McLaughlin's game on this podcast. But Blake McLaughlin drew a pretty good hooking penalty from behind. So Blake McLaughlin was awarded a penalty shot in the second period. And Phoenix Copley was right with him the entire way. So McLaughlin did not get the goal. That that to me was kind of a turning point because I thought that was the point where San Diego could have really busted through and they didn't, but it, you know, goalie duels. Goalie duels happen. Copley, the deserved winner, and Dostal, the bad luck loser. But that that's hockey. That happens sometimes. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission, and I really want to break down the next two games, so this might be a long podcast, just fair warning. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. The NBA season has started. Hockey's going on right now, including NHL and AHL, by the way. Football going in a week seven. Baseball's dead to me. And you can check out boxing, MMA, horse racing, all of that on betonline.net. So head over to BetOnline using either your mobile device or your laptop. Head over there right now. BetOnline is where the game starts. And BetOnline is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez. Let's talk about the last two games the Goals played, one in Ontario, the other at Pachanga Arena. So let's get to it really quickly. Saturday's game. That was a fun one for a plethora of reasons. First off, to the close to 100 Goals fans. Yeah, there were a lot of them. To all the Goals fans that came out to Toyota Arena on Saturday. Yeah, I heard you. I mean, I I tried to muffle it because I have to work, but you guys were loud. You guys were loud on that game, and we could hear the back and forth. I could hear the Goals fans going, let's go Goals. Let's go Goals. On the other side, go rain, go. Go rain, go. I could hear it for a lot of the game. Y'all should be proud. You also should be proud that... You had your banners out. And you know what? It's, it's kind of becoming more of a friendly-ish rivalry where the fan bases are starting to respect each other more, especially Gulls fans and Rain fans, because the Gulls fans, I think, are some of the best in the league. And this is not just a biased opinion. You know, I've been to games in, God, maybe, maybe eight or nine different AHL cities. I'm trying to get to all of them in the Pacific Division this season, but... They're a loud and proud bunch. So, Goals fans, you guys are awesome. That game had a lot of twists and turns to it. A lot of them. Starting off in the first period, we had goals traded back and forth. One from Braden Tracy, who I thought had a terrific game. He was probably the most consistent San Diego goals player on Saturday night. In fact, he's been the most consistent goals player of recent to start the season. So Tracy with his second, and right away the goals just jumped. I mean, jumped. 
to a one nothing lead. The way they started, I thought, oh, damn. There's something with this team. They might come into Ontario and beat them. That's what I was thinking for the first maybe eight, nine minutes. And then Wags scored his first for Ontario, one to one. But San Diego was the more aggressive team, and they were outplaying the Ontario Reign for the first 22 plus minutes of this game. And then the big turning point. I think the big turning point, probably all season for the San Diego goals. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show this right here. There it is. So if you notice that picture, this was the big turning point of the game. With just a little into two minutes into the second period, notice this overhead shot. This was a shot and on the ice, a goal scored by Blake McLaughlin. So I'm not showing video for reasons, but just to show you this little still footage. So Blake McLaughlin tried to guide the puck to his stick, not not into the net. He was trying, let me get a better look, trying to guide it into his stick. And what wound up happening on this weird goal was that you, you could see right there, McLaughlin tried to kind of put the puck on his stick and score the goal with his stick while guiding the puck with his skate. What wound up happening was the puck missed his stick. The puck was guided into the net by his skate. Now, this is where the gray area kind of happens, folks. In the AHL rulebook, it doesn't necessarily say like it has to be like a distinct, but as long as it's guided in. Like, if it's a kicking motion, then it for sure doesn't count. This is the gray area. And this is why it was a long review on this game. We've had we've had some long reviews in the NHL this season, too. A couple of them on offsides, but we've had a couple of long ones. This was definitely the longest one on the AHL side all season long. About a six-minute review. Because the refs looked at this one over and over and over again once the replay finally started working. And they were looking at two things. They were first looking at if the puck was kicked. Now, it wasn't like a forward kick. It was more of like the skate rotated. That's that's what it was like. It was like, it was like a, a rotation. So does that necessitate... I mean, does that make it a kicking motion? That's a little murky. Does it make it guiding the puck towards the net? Honestly, yeah. I mean... He did move his skate, the back of his skate, towards the net. And the puck did go in. The second thing they were looking at was if the puck touched his stick before crossing the line. And even I, even I got a good look at this because they did actually show this on replay on the Jumbotron from the side view. But they didn't have the overhead view. The overhead view was shown eventually on HL TV. So we did get to see that. The top view, it showed the rotation. And by maybe a couple, maybe two, three inches, the stick did not touch the puck. So at the end of the day, they, they got it right. 
they got the call right and they had to make sure and it takes a lot to overturn a goal like that it was a tough one now the call on the ice was a goal so the goal light does go on that that's how it is like you have to you have to go by what the ref said and it was the rain coach who oh marco stern by the way who kind of looked and said uh maybe maybe it wasn't a goal maybe not and you know what marco was right so there there you go by just a by just the slimmest of margins that was a no goal and that six and a half minute delay just completely deflated the San Diego goals and that was that was really the turning point of the game because after that all the momentum was lost you could talk about a first half of a game and a second half of the game now I'm not going to like completely make excuses but you could feel the energy in that arena completely shift if that goal stands the goals fans were going nuts if that goal had stood Ontario would have been on their heels and they would have said oh damn like we cannot allow these kind of goals like it it, it felt like a turning point when San Diego scored or allegedly scored then we had that replay the loudest cheer possible when the referee did this movement and said no goal you could hear the place erupt and that's when I knew like I knew in my head looking around and going oh oh man oh this is not going to be good for San Diego and it wasn't Ontario rattled off four straight goals in a row on Ole Eriksson Ek Kupari scored Jacob Doty scored Aiden Duda scored Samuel Figimo scored that was it that was pretty much the whole game Ontario wound up winning 5-1 to one in Ontario, sweeping the two-game series. But, oh man, what a turning point. I'm one of those believers that there are little plays like that that can completely change the momentum. It could change the atmosphere of an entire game. And if you were there at Toyota Arena, you probably felt it too. You probably felt the energy get sucked out of the goals fans at that point. It, it it happens. I mean, I said that's hockey for the Friday game, for the Saturday game, that's hockey as well. But that's just really a bizarre play. That does not happen very often. And you don't normally have those long reviews, but they got it right. I mean, poor Ole Eriksson Eck. And even Jod Broadbent. We even conversed, and he's like, yeah, they they got that one right. Once they finally showed the overhead replay on AHL TV, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. So I am way over time here. So what I'm going to do is take a quick break. The third segment is going to be particularly long. We'll get to that final segment and talk about last night's game because it was a fun one. On the other side. Welcome back to Locked on Gulls, which is under the umbrella 
of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, which is under the bigger umbrella of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you're here with J.D. Hernandez talking about goals hockey because we do goals Thursday every week because, you know, someone has to. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, I've, I've always been a minor league guy. I've, you know, been around the AHL for, oh God, it's 2022 now. So been around it for seven years. Oh my God, seven years? Last night's game was one one of the best games that I've had the pleasure of going to. And this was kind of a weird one. But before I get into that, I got to give praise to the Gulls fans, the dozens of them that stuck around after the game Saturday, after that loss. They were outside by where the buses leave in that little tunnel area. And they were out there in the rain it was raining Saturday night and they were still out there they were still out there just having a good time talking to some of the rain people like some of the rain people came out of the tunnel and actually started like shaking hands and talking with the goals fans and that's what I mean by the rivalry has taken on a new form since 2020 ever since the pandemic it's taken on a different layer because I think fans are grateful to just be back watching hockey in person because that 2020 season was canceled. Then that 2021 season was was in a bubble. Do you know how weird it was to watch hockey in a bubble that year? Good lord, that was that was weird. Still one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. And then 2022, we still didn't have full crowds. It feels like we're back but everyone's grateful to be there. So to the fans that stuck around in the rain, you guys are you guys are real ones. Which leads to Wednesday's game. And this is where I'm going to get really personal here. I wasn't originally planning to come out to this game. Like when I said on Saturday, I told the Goals fans, yeah, I'll try to get down there this season. I'll probably go there, you know, next month. This Wednesday game was not in my plans. Then we had a little bit of a family thing. You know, don't want to get into it. But, you know, I was down there with family down in in Mexico by the border and you know kind of kind of one of those things yeah so after saying adios to my family I was already down there already by the Otay Mesa border and if you travel to Mexico frequently you know not to go to the main border by the five freeway if you cross into Mexico or cross into the states from Mexico the Otay Mesa border is definitely the easier one to navigate through so I got I got through at about uh, it was about 7 30 I look at my clock I look at the schedule I go well I mean I'm kind of nearby I can check out this goals game I I have you know I have access. I, I have my pass. I can go. So I went. I went to the goals game unexpectedly. And for the first time in whoo, forever, got to actually sit with the crazies down there behind the goal. I've I've never done this before. I never sat down in the area with Jeff and the gang. That, that was a neat experience. I, I must say, that was really neat. Now, I did arrive just in time. So I didn't see any of the first. 
but I did arrive just in time <laughs> to see the bakery close. Lukash Dostal was big in net, and he stopped a potential goal from being scored. That that was also a turning point. Callahan Burke got hooked from behind on a breakaway, and Dostal stopped it right there. So that's where I came in. At the time, it was a 2-1 to hockey game. I had just missed Jean-Luc Foudy's first goal. I also missed Rocco's power play goal and Bruyard's power play goal, so I missed that. But the Jean-Luc Foudy goal, his second one, that was a between-the-legs goal. That was an amazing shot. So that made it 2-2. Two to two. I apparently also missed all the penalties in the first period because I was told, yeah, there was some rough stuff going on. Like, can you believe that you missed the Keaton Middleton fight? Who apparently turtled a little bit. So for the rest of the game, they were calling Keaton Middleton turtle. Yeah, that third... So let's talk about the third period. The third period, I think, is going to be important for the San Diego goals to build off of. Because this was a period where they proved their mettle. And they proved just how much they've grown over the past week or so. Because first you had the Josh Lapina goal. And then late in the third, Shane Bowers tied it up on Lucas Dostal. Then with about six minutes left, San Diego began to get aggressive. And you know who it was that was being aggressive? Two guys. Rocco Grimaldi, who gets into the zone pretty easily every time. And I love watching Rocco play. Rocco skating into the zone and not having anybody just get or get to him. That's great. I also loved Rocco Grimaldi. You know, he's a shorter guy, but he was trying to get in there, protect his teammates. And this was at a moment in the game where there was a lot of rough stuff going on. You know, Nicholas Bruyard got in there. He got a 10 minute misconduct, but Rocco got right in there. He got right up in everyone's faces. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Like he was going after it. Good for him. Good for Rocco getting in there and trying to show everyone else who's the boss. So I loved it. And then you had Jacob Perot, who was weaving through the defense as well. He almost scored. Almost scored. And then you had the chaotic goal. And then the last goal of the game. This one, I think, does deserve a picture. So I'm going to move once again and show you just how crappy of an angle this was. I mean, there's bad angle goals. And then there's this. This was a crappy, crappy angle. This was almost right at the red line. And Jacob Perot just kind of sniped it towards the net. And it found the maybe one inch hole. It found the tiniest of holes on the Colorado goaltender, Justus Anunin. That was that that goal. How? How does that get through? There was maybe a, a little sliver on the seven hole. That's where it went through. And I happened to be right there, right on that side, right in front of Jeff. So I had the perfect angle for this. Anunin guarded the net, and I could see the I could see the fabric moving. Just a little bit. Just a tiny, tiny bit. That's exactly what happened. 
I mean, I have a puck right here, so I can actually show you this. Let's say there's... Oh, there's a good one. Oh, it's a rain puck. Let's... <laughs> irony. Let's say there is this puck that goes through and you're guarding the net. And it goes through and it goes through this little... I'm going to try to illustrate this as best I can, so bear with me. There's this little sliver right on the shoulder. Bloop. That's where it went through. The puck was on its side. I dropped the puck. The puck was on its side. I have another puck here. Um, hey, look at that. All-star puck. How cool is that? So, it kind of really just bloop, slivered through. The puck started off flat. When Jacob Perot shot it, it started to go a little bit on its side. And when it got to Eustace Ananen, it was on its side and just floop right there. Not even, I mean, I don't even know like how wide this is, but that was a tiny little hole. That was, I mean, the puck is not even an inch thick. It's maybe seven eighths of an inch. He found that one inch hole, went through. That's how the goal was scored. <laughs> I mean, only Jacob Perot, and I'm going to get out of here. Only Jacob Perot would attempt that kind of shot. And I sometimes say, just get pucks on net and good things will happen. And that good thing did happen. So Jacob Perot wound up with the game-winning score on a stupid angle. And I know Dan Wood, Ducks broadcaster, he loves bad angle shots. I mean, I know Steve Carroll likes it, but I've talked to, to Dan. And he, he loves them. So Dan, that one's for you. 4-3, the final score <laughs> against the Colorado Eagles. It was so dumb. How do you score with that impossible angle? Jacob Perot just did it right there. So I, I know I'm over time, but I mentioned that I was going to talk about this at the start. So I'm going to talk about this now. Jacob Perot, I think, is one of those guys that could move up. But he's he also had a couple of really bad shifts in Ontario, and despite the goal, he's had a decent enough season. But I think the player that has been the most consistent for the San Diego goals, as far as not having any bad shifts and putting on some good shot attempts on net, would be Braden Tracy. Now, there's a reason that Felix Sicard was high on Tracy moving up, and I'll agree. I'll agree with Felix on this. Especially looking at last night's game in San Diego. I think that Braden Tracy had the majority of good shot attempts and was really instrumental in moving the puck around, especially when the goals were on the power play. He was one of those essential guys that eventually found himself on the bumper. Now, Braden Tracy did not get credited with any apples on this game, but he did indirectly help in a couple of goals on the night. So for what it's worth, I, I think Tracy did have a good game. Tracy was instrumental, especially and looking back, he was instrumental in also stopping some goals on this night as well. So I give Tracy a lot of credit. I give Tracy for really helping out on that chaotic goal from Josh Lapina. Even though, and once again, Tracy does not get an assist on this. I would give him half an assist. So, yeah. 
he's been really good. The other guy that has been probably one of the best players for San Diego this season has been, well, who else? Rocco Grimaldi. Rocco Grimaldi this season already has six points, two goals, four assists, and he hasn't even played every game. Rocco Grimaldi in only four games has six points and already showing that tenacity that we really have been accustomed to seeing from him in his time with San Antonio, with Milwaukee, with the Nashville Predators. Rocco had a quality game. Second star last night, which was deserved. I mean, Jacob Pearl was the first star for the game-winning goal. But Rocco Grimaldi, I think, has been one of the top, if not the top players for San Diego. And I'm still surprised that the Anaheim Ducks did not sign him to a contract. So I'm wondering if the Ducks even paid attention to last night's game. I mean, I know that the Ducks did have a game last night. I'll admit I didn't watch it. I... I'm eventually going to watch it. As soon as I'm done with recording this, I'm going to go back, watch as much of that game as possible, record another podcast talking about last night's game because I did promise it was going to be a double header on Thursday because there was no show on Wednesday. But I I, I got to say, pay attention to Rocco Grimaldi. Look at the work that he's putting in with San Diego. I guarantee you he would help improve the Anaheim Ducks right now. Maybe they'll get more than one win. So if if you're a San Diego Goals fan, I know y'all love Rocco right now. Might not want to get used to this because the Ducks, they need help. And Tracy and Grimaldi, I think, are two of the guys that could definitely help. As far as defensemen, I don't think any one defenseman has really completely stood out that can help out the Ducks right now. And yeah, I know the Ducks did let some guys go last season and even on waivers. Kind of a misplay there. Yeah, the Ducks do need help on the defensive end, but I don't know if any of those guys can help because Axel Anderson, he had a couple of bad shifts on last night's game. He got burned on one of those Colorado goals. Just completely burned. And I was left shaking my head going, oh, buddy, not a good one. Olihuolevi did had a really bad game last night. He was the other one that just got torched by Colorado last night. Just absolutely torched. I mean, the one defenseman that I thought was good when he was on the ice was Nicholas Bruyard. But even Bruyard has not been consistent all season long. So I would say out of the defensemen, the ones that have been the most consistent, Josh Healy and maybe Drew Hellison. I think those two have been, at least as far as like the eye test and watching these guys up close, I think those two have been the most that can possibly offer something to Anaheim right now. But I don't know if either of them are going to be much help down there right now. So those are some guys that I thought have impressed me so much so far in this young season. And guys that you should be on the lookout for if you're a Ducks fan. And if you haven't been to a goals game yet this season, make your way down there. And this is where I'm going to get really personal. And this is going to get really long here. But bear with me. 
it, it was kind of a weird place for me last night. And again, I did not expect to go down there. And I, I was just greeted with nothing but warmth down there. Like ev- everyone down in San Diego is truly awesome. First, there was Jeff, you know, who has his iconic hat. You know, got to sit down there. He's really cool. Um, even Bobby, uh, Bobby Cressy, who is the San Diego Padres organist. And he's also the San Diego Goals organist from time to time. Um, he recognized me right away. Got to talk to Bobby for a little bit. Um, I don't think he expected me down there either. He's like, hey, what what are you doing? I told him what was going on. And he's one of the nicest guys ever. So if you haven't had a chance to talk to Bobby, super cool guy. Follow Bobby on Twitter. He's really cool. Uh, Callan, who is the announcer, who says, San Diego goal! Does a great job. And everybody down in that area where all the fans, like the crazy fans sit. And I, I love the crazy fans. Love them. All of them down there who chant, hey goalie, one, two, three, four. It's all your fault. You suck. Lose. Like, woo. They all greeted me warmly and that meant a lot. I mentioned uh, Samantha who's Another longtime fan of the podcast, who who's a longtime follower on Twitter, Twitter rather. Sam is one of the sweetest people you could ever ever meet. So again, for all the goals fans, you guys are awesome. I'm definitely gonna try to make it down there for as many games as possible because y'all are amazing. And just to even show this, um, I got this as a little gift last night. Um, I am allowed to show this because this is not alcohol, folks. You know, those of you, like, all the higher-ups watching, this isn't alcohol. I promise this isn't alcohol. And to prove it to all the higher-ups watching, this is maple syrup. Let me get a close-up of that. That is maple syrup from the Carrick Brothers, the Maple Brothers. Nice little gift I got last night. You know, the Carrick Brothers, you know, Trevor Carrick, Sam Carrick, former brothers on the San Diego goals. And I show this because this is a goals or locked on goals podcast for today. This is, this was really cool. Um, I, I, I can't believe how nice everyone has been. It, it means a lot. And you know, some of you that know how, how tough of a year it's been in general, I can't thank you enough. I really can't. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys you guys are amazing. I can't wait to see some of you back up in Ontario. I want to say November 13th. November 13th is the next time the San Diego Goals go up to Ontario. And I hope to see a lot of you guys there, even if you guys are Ducks fans. I'm hoping to see some of you guys there. And I'm going to try to make it a point to get some fans down there. So, yeah. Let's rock it out. Alright. That's going to do it for today's Locked On Goals podcast. Once again, huge, huge shout out to everyone down in San Diego. You guys are amazing. Ducks fans who have seen me talk about the goals for the past 40 minutes. Oh my god, this is so long. Make your way down there. I promise you'll have fun. 
Yeah. Whew. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. If you want to drop me a line, you could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks.com. Thanks for making this your first listen of the day. Don't forget to make Locked On NHL your second listen. I'm way over time, so I'm just going to say thank you all so much for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks and gulls fly together. Caca! Caca!